Hondo, and welcome to Raise Glass. Today, uh, we're going to be talking about B movies that have had more than a B influence on our lives. Um, Hondo. Uh, Hondo, yes. And Buen Suerte. <laughs> Uh, don't worry if you don't get that now, uh, by the end of the, of the episode, you'll feel like you're in on the inside joke and, uh, wanting to know more. Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) True. Uh, what, what's in your glass today? Yeah. So knowing that today, uh, we're talking about movies that people often only watch seasonally. Uh, not maybe your mm. go-to piece. I decided to to drink uh, a seasonal beverage. So as yeah. fall is beginning uh, tomorrow, I think right, it's beginning first day of fall, something like that. I mm-hmm. am drinking apple cider. Oh, nice! <sighs> the taste of fall, the taste <laughs> of autumn. Mm. Mm. How about you, Hunter? I have a Thimble Island Brewery IPA that I have already poured, so I'd, I forgot the name of it. But it's all right. It's uh, it's a little fruity, which I'm not a huge fan of the fruity IPAs, but uh, I guess it's more citrus than fruity, so mm. it's still pretty good. But yeah, I have it in my nice beer mug. Nice. Is that a Stein? Oh uh, no, it's it's just a. Uh, believe it or not, it was actually a Muggo Nuts. It had peanuts in it. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's the only glass that I have that can fit a full pint. Okay, I lost a little bit of respect for you that you just said Muggo Muggo Nuts. That's yeah, I know. That's a weird thing to say. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it's accurate to what it was, but it's that's what was on the cap of the mug. <laughs> don't ask. I don't, I don't know. I've, I just found it. Great. Great. Well, before we dive into the movies we talked about, uh, let's let's talk about what we're raising a glass and or pouring one out for this week. Um, Hunter, last week you didn't share any, so I think that gets oh. you the opportunity to share two, should you like. Oh um, yes, I I do have two things to pour out for. Uh, one is saga of my dishwasher. Um, which has concluded, uh, oh, no. finally, um, well, the dish, well, it started leaking, right. Um, mm. and so I, we opened it up. I looked at the gaskets and, um, in the, in the front and the door gaskets and they were totally disintegrated. Um, oh my goodness. So I replaced so they become those. a gas gaseous state. Yeah, gaskets, they were just gaskets were gassy. Uh, uh, grosser than that, they were like uh, <laughs> liquid. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, but I replaced them, and then it was still leaking, and it was leaking so much that it was running down into the basement and making puddles on the floor of the basement. That's how much it was leaking. Is that considered fixing? No, no, I had to. <laughs> I I took the dishwasher out 
and it's it has this like perfectly cut thing under the counter it's it's cut to size but there's a very small margin of error so it was it was kind of hard to get out and it turned out that there was a pump underneath it was uh oh man not the intake pump but it was the pump that was it used when it actually did the washing and it was a rubber gasket that had uh just decayed and it was just spurting water out and um tried to fix it with some goop that didn't work mm-hmm. held held for like five minutes um uh, and just it long enough to give you hope yeah and the and the and you couldn't replace just the gasket you had to order the whole pump the gasket mm-hmm. was like built into the pump so you know you had to which was wasn't cheap. I mean, it was a lot cheaper than getting a new dishwasher. And, um, but replace that, and now it's working. And then I got it back in. I thought I was okay. done, but it wasn't closing. The dishwasher mm-hmm. was not closing all the way because it, the under the counter was cut so tightly that the door was catching on the side. So last night I was. Uh, yelling at the dishwasher and getting it perfectly in place (laughs) so that the door could uh, close and could go back to a life of ease. Okay. So pour one out for my dishwasher. And I I think even more tragic than that, I'm pouring one out for my finger because I was... What? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw your finger from when it was like, "What happened to the tip of it?" And then, yeah, I was uh, skinning a butternut squash to get some butternut squash soup with a brand new peeler. Of course, yeah. And it was so sharp that I didn't even feel it when it cut on my finger, and it cut a pretty good slice into my finger. Oh my um. And I can't really play guitar with that finger. Uh, it's my pointer pointer finger. Well, that so, is a great lead in to our conversation today. Yes, that is something that would happen to El Mariachi. Yeah. Wow. Which is our first oh, movie. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Or yeah, are we doing that one first or are we doing why not? You just you just led us right into it. That's uh Let's dive into El Mariachi. Sorry, that was probably pronounced <laughs> completely incorrectly. I I'm, I'm, I tried though. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really a pretty beginning Spanish speaker, but uh, I like to think that my pronunciation is is decent. Practice that, but El Mariachi is a movie that was sent to me by a friend recommended by a friend um he called it a hunter movie and (laughs) was he right he was pretty accurate yeah um it is about a mariachi who comes to town he is sin suerte sin dinero no luck no money Hmm. and not not a cambian nothing changes 
but he comes to this town hoping for a change and uh, come to find out that this town has a lot of uh, cartel, has a cartel rivalry going on. Not a great moment to time time to come to that. Yeah, time. really not. And especially because one of the guys who's the, <laughs> the head of one of the cartels is getting revenge on this other guy and he carries around a guitar case full of weapons and he comes in and he puts a hit on his enemies uh men with this guitar case full of guns it's not a guitar it's a guitar case full of weapons he uses on his victim <laughs> that is a direct quote from this movie yes <laughs> but there is no guitar it's a guitar case full of weapons yet another direct quote from this movie <laughs> mhm bill uh, estuche <laughs> case uh directed by robert rodriguez um went on to have apparently he's like really good friends with quentin tarantino i mm. was reading about it but okay i could see that it's movie's pretty gratuitous in its you know in its b quality yeah i mean it's it's an action movie you know it's mm, it's on a true they made he made it on a seven thousand dollar budget, but it is an action movie. Um, why why did you choose this one to share? Uh, well, you wanted to do your movie, uh, which is also fairly low budget, as far as I know. Yes, and um, I thought of this one. Because it is it is also very low budget, and it also it's not just kind of like a fun action movie. It's 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 a revenge story. Um, you know the, the plot. They mis- it's a case of mistaken identity where they think that this mariachi is the cartel leader, and he gets mixed up in all of it. And it's really actually almost a tragedy. Um, yeah. But is that what makes it a hunter movie? You know that uh, I think there's a correlation between uh, <laughs> sad movies and and movies that are hunter movies. Okay, well, this movie is also very funny. It's not just sad; it's it a is, very yeah. funny movie. Yeah, um, I like the. The hotel manager. <laughs> yeah, he he like. Sorry, I can't get your money out. The thing's locked. Yeah, yeah. He's, that guy. That guy is pretty great. I I appreciated him as a, he was definitely a, a secondary character or really tertiary character that that shine bright. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious uh, what you thought of the movie though. I wasn't sure if you would like it or not. Yeah, uh, I I did quite enjoy this movie. Um, I love absurd movies. Um, movies where you just in the movie world, like in the in the world of that particular movie, where you can like almost tie the connections to each other, um, but not quite. Uh, 
and mm-hmm. like they're absurd. But like if from a outside perspective is just pure absurdity the whole time. I think that's what this movie is in many ways. But like mm-hmm. there's enough of a cohesiveness to to it that it's it's not something you can just disregard. Yeah. Um and so while I found myself laughing a lot at the premise of it and at the plot of it and <laughs> I did my best attempt to live tweet or live uh, telegram <laughs> uh, my thoughts on it, many of which were just direct quotes to you, Hunter, while watching it. Um, I enjoyed that. I also, oh, good, good. I, I, I got that from you, and so I figured it's kind of throwing it back. It'll be good. <laughs> I, I quite enjoyed watching this. I would watch it again. Um, I wouldn't watch it again tomorrow, but maybe <laughs> next month. You know, you know Sometimes when I really, really like a movie, I'll watch it twice in a row. Um, mm. I wouldn't watch this movie twice in a row. Um, like I did that with Hotel Transylvania. Hotel Transylvania <laughs> to me was a twice in the row type movie. Um, yeah. Lord of the Rings. I could watch those twice in a row. Um, mm-hmm. I might need a couple bathroom breaks, but I could do it. Um, <laughs> Extended? Yeah. Extended bathroom breaks too. <laughs> To the joke, um, yeah. I I see why you like it. Yeah, got to be honest. I I thought it was very funny. I thought it was very. I didn't know where it was going. There were a few things that happened in this movie that I was like, oh, mm. um, like especially the way it ended. Like, I I did not. Really, that was the only time that really surprised me. I did not expect the ending of this movie. And we've clearly realized by now, and as have you likely, that we are not a uh, spoiler-free podcast. Um, no. There's, there's, this movie will be spoiled shortly. Um, yeah. And, and you know, how are you supposed to dislike a movie that starts with a turtle and ends with the same turtle? Right. Uh, and ends with a deep state. You know, it's all about statements around this turtle. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> you know, what's amazing is the turtle was improvised. It wasn't planned. Oh. Just kind of walked, walked in front of the shot. I, I don't know how I feel about you knowing that information. I just looked up, looked it up on Wikipedia. That's how you figure these things out. I was trying to figure out. Okay. Yeah. Please that, continue. That, the El Mariachi Wikipedia is a very good read because it talks about how he saved money um, because he had a $7,000 budget, almost half of which he raised by participating in experimental clinical drug testing while living in Austin, Texas. That is so funny. Um Yeah, and the, the opening scene is in the actual local acute Acuna jail uh, in the town. The warden and the male guard are the real life warden guard. Uh, And that's kind of a theme for a lot of the locations that they shot at. Uh, He didn't have a film crew. All of the actors doubled as a film crew. Okay. Uh, He also did not use a dolly and instead held the camera while being pushed around in a wheelchair. (laughs) <laughs> now, if you're wondering about the budget of this film and didn't know that it was $7,000 when he heard that 
that should help you figure that out. Yeah. Uh, bloopers were kept in. So they're, they're just like little continuity things, but, um, they were kept in to save film. He also spared expense by shooting on 16 millimeter film as opposed to 35 millimeter millimeter. If I knew anything about film, I'm sure that I'd find that. Yeah. And the, the, the squibs in the shootout scenes, which, uh, make it look like people are getting shot with blood, uh, were actually condoms filled with fake blood and fixed over weightlifting belts. How'd they pop them? I, I do, I don't know. It doesn't say. Okay. That is, um, information that I now know. Yeah, there's some more things, uh, but I'll, I'll put a link in there because it's it's amazing how how he's able to save money. Yeah, that, that's a much better Wikipedia page than the one for the movie that we'll be talking about that I brought. In. <laughs> um, but none of that type of information exists in that one. Um, yeah, Hunter, I just I just want to read a couple of my favorite, a few of my favorite quotes from this movie. Uh, okay. And and they'll be somewhat chronological, so they might give you, uh, (laughs) what is this, mariachi day? That was uh, from the first bartender he bumps it to um, when the second guy, the bad guy with the the, the guitar case full of guns shows in, shows up. And then the guy goes and kills pretty much everybody. Um, Oh, here's here's one of the deepest statements I could find in the entire movie. Technology has crushed us, robbed us of our culture, turning us into machines. And it said with that type of voice, and I was like, "Oh man, like, like, you know, you could ruminate on that, like, you know, yeah." And then the next line, <laughs> he's saying this as he's walking into another bar. Like the next line, without any break, is. She was the most beautiful thing I'd seen all day, next to the turtle, of course. <laughs> there is no break between those things. Deep theological, yeah. philosophical thought, and then he's looking up this this new bartender. Um, yeah. Domino. I already shared my favorite part about it. it's a guitar. It's it's not a guitar. It's a guitar case full of the weapons he uses on his victims. Oh, the bad guy's name. Do you remember what the bad guy's name in this movie is? Moko. Uh, sorry, the, the other guy with the guitar case. Oh, Asu? Yes. And at one point, because he wears all black, at one point, the, the main character asks somebody, if his name is Asu, why doesn't he wear blue? <laughs> so good. Yeah. Um, those are just some of my favorite, favorite quotes. Mm-hmm. This movie just has a lot of those types of things that you're just like, you know, I'm going to lean into it because of the type of movie that I know it is. Uh, yeah. and, and I think this movie doesn't try to be something it's not, um, no. it, 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 it's a Western, it's like a Western tragedy. Um, it's also much it's different than that i I gotta be honest i've not seen a lot of um mexican films 
Um, and I, mm-hmm. and I don't know if this is typical of that like type of Western or, or if this is something different um, altogether, or if it's trying to make a you know, joke off something, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, either way though, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I I have watched a fair amount of American westerns, mostly Clint Eastwood movies. Uh, <laughs> but I don't really know enough about Mexican film to say it says it's a neo western film. Okay, um, and it is American. Robert Rodriguez is American. Okay, so that's good to know. It's a I, Spanish I... language film, but it's technically American. But it's also filmed um, in Mexico, correct? Yeah. Uh, dude, there were there are a few few other points in this movie where I was just it made me think about other movies. I at some mm-hmm. point I want us to discuss the Godfather movies, um, okay? Because it's a 50th anniversary of the Godfather. Um, I have a pretty as far as stories and storytellers that shape you, you know, shaped us. That's a kind of a big a big story that's shaped shaped some of my life. Um, there is a a one of the most famous lines in the Godfather movie was a made up, like was a, um, off the cuff. Um, mm-hmm. It was after a hit. And one of the characters says, leave the gun, take the cannoli. <laughs> and, I, and it's just one of those signs that like those lines that like, type, like it just is the Godfather. Right. There was a leave the gun, take the cannoli moment in this movie. Um, hmm. so this mariachi is like going to his hotel room, walks past the the hotel owner, um, mm-hmm. who had just been told that, um, somebody had killed four or six of the, the henchmen of this, this cartel, cartel, uh, boss. And the only information they had to go on was. The person's wearing all black and has a guitar case. So then this mariachi mm-hmm. walks in uh, and you know, wearing all black, has a guitar case, um, gets to his room. Obviously, there's some ridiculous moments before that and in between. Uh, and then and we've got to talk about these dreams in a second. But before we get there, <laughs> uh, you know, has these weird dreams. And then he starts like getting shot at. Um, in what ends up being like a really funny, like do 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 like yeah. like one of those funny like running away like cases, except there's a lot of guns, and he starts by like running away and being very impressive in the way he's running away and like jumping into trucks, and then all of a sudden like he's just killing people with guns, <laughs> like he like, finds a way into yeah. the guns and kills four people, one of which I think he kills with his guitar case. I didn't really understand that one. Um, yeah, like know. he just shoots him and then he drops the gun, leaves the gun and takes his guitar. Mm-hmm. Leave the gun, take the guitar, take the cannoli. Um, yeah. And, and that kind of, that scene changes the whole feel of this movie from yeah one that's primarily about music and like, or going to be like about like his like success story. To one that's like, oh, there's something darker going on. Yeah. Especially with the dreams. Uh, 
explain those to me. I didn't understand. So there's like these like four or five dreams throughout this thing where there's this kid bouncing a basketball. Like what is up with these dreams? I, I, I don't know specifically as what I can gather. I think it, it kind of, cause the music during the dreams is very ominous and menacing. Um, and there's the boy like walking through the door uh, in this like destroyed building. Um, but there's also another dream with that foreshadows the uh, spoiler, the death of his, but you could probably guess because we said it's a tragedy, the death of his love interest. He sees her covered with blood. Um, and I think like, that turning point you're talking about where he starts killing them. He kills four guys. And then, you know, well, he has this dream before that and he keeps having these really menacing dreams. Um, turns it in like, turns it into a tragedy. And mm-hmm. like, for me, when I was watching it, I kept thinking about how he kept putting down his guitar and picking up the guitar case full of weapons. Mm. And because at the beginning of the movie, he just wants to be a mariachi. And he's very innocent in that desire. He wants to be a mariachi like his father, like his ancestors. Um, You know, he wants to play music. He talks about how, you know, guitarists used to be worshipped back in the day. Mm -hmm. And this is just after the scene where he goes and he tries to get a job at a bar and the guy's like, okay. why would I, why would I give, why would I have a mariachi, one mariachi when I've got a whole band and this, he signals to this other guy who comes out with like a digital piano with these like pre-recorded uh, quote unquote Mexican beats. And like, he's like, yeah, I got a whole band here. Why would I need one yeah, mariachi? Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. one of the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he has the sound Thank effects you. on the on the piano and he literally does yeah. that's all he does when he plays the piano is just hit the yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I interpret it interpreted it for my for myself personally, thinking about the kind of pure desire to create art, to to be a musician, to be a writer. Um, and how it's hard it's hard to do that like maybe this is playing into the nostalgia of, of our generation but I feel like in our generation when we were kids we were told to follow our dreams um, mm-hmm. to, to do what we wanted to do to be whatever we wanted to be and then 9-11 happened and, you know, 2008 and a lot of other things. And I'm sure every generation goes through this in some form or another. But there's a, there's a line in a 21 Pilots song, Stressed Out. He says, we used, to pray, we used to play pretend, call each other different names, used to ride a rocket ship and fly it far away. We used to play pretend, but now they're laughing in our face saying, wake up, you need to make money. And mm. 
it's the the whole the whole song is really just about growing up and how now as adults the economy is i'm not an economist but it's hard now like it's it's hard to make money it's hard to make a career and i'm i'm sure that's true for every generation more or less but i was thinking about how this mariachi has this very pure desire to make his living practicing his art but mm-hmm. the world forces him to pick up this case of weapons and mm. abandon his art to survive yeah so there there's a point in this movie where he there's a mistake made both guitar cases are next to each other of the the actual murderer of people like the guitar the, the cartel, cartel leader who's got the guitar case full of weapons and this mariachi who has a guitar case full of a guitar and they accidentally switch guitars and it leads to this kind of funny situation and you know the the mariachi kills a few more people and the cartel bosses save because he has an actual guitar and mm. what i'm hearing you say hunter is that instead of seeing that as a merely kind of like funny anecdote you know, story mm. kind of within the story that there is actually a deeper meaning that is being conveyed um, about the loss of like what has made this mariachi himself, like the loss of his joy, the loss of his livelihood. Um, and ultimately that's how the movie ends. Yeah. <clears throat> he gets shot in the hand in his guitar hand, his left hand. And he kind of rides off with a dog. I mean, at least he has a dog, but he rides off with a dog and a motorcycle and the guns. Um, I think maybe he takes the guitar too, but he's not really I sure. I think it's a guitar case and money. It's a guitar oh, right, case yeah. with the guns. I think it's, there's only one guitar case. I think it's the one with the guns in it. Yeah. And I don't know if that was what Robert Rodriguez was thinking, but I think there's definitely a case to be made um, for this movie. Uh, and I don't know. We we talk about movies and stuff nowadays as if as if the author or the director knows everything that they're trying to convey when they write this story. But I am highly skeptical of that of of any author who claims that they know exactly what they're doing when they you know make their art. Um, and so this is. It, it it was my personal reaction to the movie and how it shaped me. Yeah. They did a, the, the, the big bad villain cartel leader <laughs> in this movie is, I think did a pretty good job. I think they did a pretty good job with him. Uh, it's yeah. absurd. Um, and, 
And yeah, he plays a bad guy good enough. Like he doesn't, he's a kind of a, a two dimensional bad guy that they try to add a three dimensional thing with the love interest. And that's what leads to her death and the other cartel leader's death and the guy being shot and the mariachi being shot in the hand. Um, and like, I, I don't think this movie is about being watched for like, if you're trying to pick this movie apart, you could pick out a lot of things. Um, <laughs> But I think they did a, a good job of casting the characters. I think every character, like yeah. every actor, did a, a good enough job at what they were doing. And my favorite way in which they made the big bad guy like evil mm-hmm. is that he lit matches by striking them on the face of his henchmen. Like in two <laughs> cases with the same guy, like he strikes a match against his like the back, like his neck and his chin or something like that, and he lights it. And it is so funny and so like yeah. out of no like out of left field. Um and then at the end when the big bad guy's dead, his henchmen come who because gonna become the new cartel boss kind of is a vibe, strikes a match off the bat the, the dead bad guy's neck and, and lights his own cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, that's it. They've they've passed on the uh the med- like every character in this movie has like weird quirks. Like the other mm-hmm. cartel leader, um, the guy with the, the case full of guitar of, of guns, not guitars. Um, his thing when he drink enters a bar is to drink a specific beer out of the bottle. Un botella. <laughs> yeah, the first two bartenders who like who like start pouring it into a glass, and he's like in the bottle. And so they both just like drink the glass and then they hand them the, a new bottle. And mm-hmm. this, and then there's like this weird part, like, is he supposed to also be falling in love with the love interest? Um, who like, I wish like was more of an independent character than she actually is. Cause she's kind of a cool character and like, she has yeah. her own, she owns the bar. But then she said, like the bar was given to her, and all these other things were given to her because the guy's, you know, trying to make him, you know, trying to buy her love. Um, and, like she's like a somewhat independent character. Um, like she starts, she like hands him the actual bottle of beer, and like he gives like mm-hmm. a like he shows her the eyes, uh, <laughs> and like it's surprised. And like I don't know, he's like. Everything there's just these like little weird quirks, um, which yeah. it almost reminds me. You know, in James Bond, like that's a very specific thing in James Bond is that the big bad and usually and or one of the other like main henchmen always has some very strange like quirk about them. Like there's Jaws, mm. there's um Odd Job with the hat, there's in the new one, mm-hmm. Rami Malek has like part of his hat, part of his face is been burned. Like mm-hmm. there's every character, like one of the guys, the, the, the other like main henchman, like doesn't have an eye or has like a, a fake eye. I feel like they've kind of like worked hard to give every character in this movie a, like a thing. And like, even the dog, the dog is like, they, they keep zooming <laughs> in on the dog's face. which just completely uses guard dog. Yeah. Um, What else in your mind do we need to talk about in this movie? Um, 
or what else has like this movie meant to you, right? We're, we're about the stories and storytellers that shape us. Um, mm-hmm. And yes, you chose this partially because of the one I chose. Um, like what else about this has, has shaped you, if anything? I think it goes back to persevering in the struggle to create, uh, which is something that's uh, personal to me because I am trying to be a writer, um, a musician, and you are a writer and musician. It's just yes, make this clear. Not you, are, a you are an one. author <laughs> and a musician. Yes, that's yes. A, a different statement. Yes, um, and we measure. We we tend to measure success in our culture by money. Someone is a successful author if the book sells a lot. Um, a movie is successful if it makes a lot of money. And uh, this movie actually did. It was like one of the only, one of the first movies to make like a million dollars on such a low really? budget um, in the box office. Yeah. Um, just is really cool. Um, but like when I first started writing, we get this sort of idea that, you know, if you really write something good, then you're going to be a bestseller. And that's just not what happens. Um, some of the things, some of the books that I love are not popular. And um, I think like when it comes down to it, no one in the town appreciates the mariachi for his music, really. Outside of one scene. Yeah, one scene, the people at the bar and, and Domino who, who loves the mariachi. Um, but is, is he a mariachi because of the fame that it can bring him? Or is he a mariachi because he loves the music? And I think that's, that's what I think about when I think about this movie is, is you know, am I... Am I writing because I want to be a bestseller and be a famous author? And I, I mean, it'd be nice, but that's not really why I'm writing. Um, mm-hmm. It's because I love the words and the story and just trying to persevere in that because, you know, it's hard. Writing is hard, especially when you don't, <laughs> and, and creating anything is hard, really. Um, especially when you when you don't really get any feedback um and it's just kind of silence but you could take up this case of weapons and you know do whatever is popular and have more success maybe but i don't know i feel like you're uh, sharing a a piece of a uh, what makes a movie hunter movie is <laughs> the ability to talk about it and 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 real deep and then just kind of fade off into silence and have the movie like speak for itself 
uh, under yeah. this new like valence, um, mm-hmm. this new light. Okay. Wow. So that's um, going to be very different from what I say uh, <laughs> when I <laughs> when I talk about <laughs> our next movie. Uh, are you okay if I jump right into it? Go for it. All right. We're, so whereas I know that this was the first time I'd ever watched um, El Mariachi, I know you have seen History of Future Folk before. Um, yeah. History of Future Folk is a mockumentary, almost like it's it's not sh- shot like a documentary, but it's about the the history of a folk band called Future Folk uh, that was found. I'm just finding this information founded as the live act in 2004 um, by Nils Dioler and Jay Clates, who play General Trius and the Mighty Kevin. Um, <laughs> Yes, the mighty Kevin is all capitalized. That is his character <laughs> name. Um, the it the premise is um, this guy comes General Trius from the planet of Hondo, which is about to be hit by a comet and destroyed. Like in the next fifty years, twenty years, he comes to Earth to release a virus that would kill all the inhabitants, so that his people can come to earth and and populate it and right when he's about to release this virus he walks into a home depot or lowe's type vibe store big box store (laughs) and hears music for the first time in his life and can't destroy earth because of music um and so some amount of years later he's married he's got a kid he's still trying to figure out how to stop this comet from destroying his home planet but he can't kill the people of earth um some planet is hondo hondo yep so hondo is both the name of a planet and a greeting uh in this movie (laughs) the hondonians um send another guy the mighty kevin to kill him um it doesn't work because the mighty kevin also hears music and so then they send kind of like in thor um, a big bad metal creature, or not metal creature, big bad creature to kill them. Doesn't work mm-hmm. out. Um, and they save both Hondo and the, the Earth. Um, with a lot of great music in between. Yeah, that's the, kind of the general premise of it. Um, any any major pieces I missed before I share why I brought this to us? Um, I don't think so. I just. I did want to share that the scene where General Trius shares music with the mighty Kevin is one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie because uh, the mighty Kevin tries to kill him and and fails. General Trius karate chops him and then ties him (laughs) up. (laughs) And, um, And they wear these suits. Uh, these like red suits that are imagine just... a bucket upside down in your head and then a red yeah. suit. And I love how he says in one of his performances, he's like, uh, we don't have buckets on Hondo. So I didn't realize, <laughs> you know, that my helmet looks <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like a bucket. <laughs> uh, but the scene, it, w- he, the mighty Kevin is, is tied up in a chair 
and he thinks that General Trius is going to torture him or something. And he's like, I'm not going to talk, whatever you do. And, and General Trius starts putting on finger picks for playing the banjo. <laughs> and the mighty, mighty Kevin sees them and he's like, oh, no, <laughs> I'll tell you whatever you want. And he like, General Trius is, is very serious. And he just picks up his banjo. He's like, what is that? What are you going to do with that? And then he just starts playing uh, a classical piece. He's, he plays like Mario. He plays a lot of famous musical pieces really well. on the banjo yeah on the banjo too um and the mighty kevin just starts like he he, he like it it despite the like low budget the mighty kevin is not a, a professional actor despite all of that um it is one of the best scenes i have seen in a movie about experiencing music because you're just seeing this alien experiencing music for the first time, which I think is is something that you know we we tend to take music for granted, like the scene when he's in the department store he's he's like rocking out to all the music and stuff yeah. people are just looking at him really weirdly uh I mean because he has the bucket suit and and it's a department store music that we've heard a million times. But they've never heard it before. And, and the mighty Kevin just like does, goes totally nuts. And like, it just like blows his mind and he like escapes and runs away and like <laughs> finds yes. a guitar. But, and learns how to play it in 26 hours. Uh, right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So before, before we dive further into it, um, I want to share why my first interactions with this movie and why I shared it. Um, mm. um, I just want to read the, the directors are John Mitchell and Jeremy Kip Walker. Okay. John Mitchell is also the writer just to give credit where credit's due. Um, hmm. I don't remember when I first interacted with this movie. It was somewhere. It came out in 2013, May 31st, 2013. So it I think the first time, the first time I watched it was was at in college, and did we watch it together? I, I think we might have. So I'm trying to remember if, if you watch it for the first time, if we watch it together for the first time, or if I watched it and then I was like, Hunter, we need you, we need to watch this. Um, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't I know. know that when we watched it get together, that was the first time that I'd ever seen it. Yeah. So so this is a movie that I have recommended to so many people. Because I, it's a, it looks like it's shot for under ten thousand dollars. I haven't been able to see how much money it's actually shot for. It made around fifteen thousand dollars in the box office. It was released in like two theaters, um, <laughs> and it's a really good movie. Like it is, it is a comedy. It is a a folk music movie. Like, and it, I think it tells like a a cohesive narrative. Uh, and creates a really interesting like mesh of Hondo and the earth. And like, there's like relationships that are built up in this movie. Like there's, there's work done like, and, and the music is so good. Uh, mm. It's a type of music that just kind of like gets you moving. And I have yet to meet somebody who I've, I've yet to I have yet to recommend this movie to somebody and have them say afterwards, 
I didn't like it. <laughs> I don't think it's a type of movie you can dislike. Uh, mm. And when I think of, I've seen a lot of B movies. Um, <laughs> most of which I do not remember at all. Like I have no memory of them. Hallmark movies. No, I remember all the Hallmark movies. I love those. Um, that's not that's not a problem I have. Um, I have the opposite problem with Hallmark movies. Um, <laughs> but this movie is like something that like I haven't hadn't seen it in five, four or five years, maybe. Um, when I, I I started rewatching it for the, this this episode, uh, and I love it just as much. Um, I, it's on Netflix. I'm so glad it's on Netflix. It's, it's something that I think it was off Netflix for a while and it came back onto it. Mm. I, I just, I think about this movie way more often than I should, uh, given, given that it's, it's just a comedy movie. I don't know. It's, 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 that's not nearly as deep as what you shared, but it, it, to me, when I watch movies, like I, especially in the last two years, um, but going back for a while, like my, my, my approach to movies is watch something that'll make you feel good and laugh Mm -hmm. because I already do enough, like, you know, there's already enough pain in the world around (laughs) that I, I kind of see it as, as a way to, it's just enjoy something. Um, and this, mm. this movie is created for that. Um, and it gets back to like, it feels like certain aspects of it feel like original star Trek, like <laughs> the laser guns, like they're a little bit nicer maybe yeah. than the laser guns in star Trek, but like, it's the same, it's the yeah. same, like feel like it, it feels like Should a low budget. Done? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it feels like a low budget sci-fi movie that has, all of a sudden has really good music. Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, if it was just a fun movie, right? Like j- just a fun sci-fi movie. I, I don't think it would be, at least I, I wouldn't appreciate it as much yeah. because it's not just a fun sci-fi movie. It's about music yes. and about the love of music. And family and like love right. each other. Like there's, there's a whole, and it's not even a, a side plot. Like a large part of this movie, maybe it's sad. I don't know. A large part of this movie is, um, general Trius's, um, relationship with his wife and daughter who mm-hmm. don't know that Hondo's real. Yeah. And of the, uh, the mighty Kevin's relationship with, and I, I do not remember the name of this other character. Um, which is a very interesting relationship with this 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 officer who um, had, uh, who handcuffs him and uh, Carmen. Um, mm-hmm. What's your name? Uh, it, it's that's a whole I, that's a whole thing. I thought it was funny. Uh, I I don't think I noticed this the first time I watched it because I didn't know much Spanish. Um, I still don't know much, but I knew enough to, to comprehend that he said, he said that I, I learned Spanish in five minutes 
for you as <laughs> part yeah, of because oh he, he stuns her uh and she like is paralyzed and she can't move and so he 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 goes in and he sings her this love song uh about how much he loves her he calls her me luna you know my moon uh and he's he's talking about how much he loves her and he's like i learned spanish in five minutes <laughs> but that's a whole piece of this movie that's just very interesting and like it, it definitely yeah. leans into the idea like we're coming from a different world there are different things that are okay uh, yeah it's the women do not have as much agency as as you'd want them to um which i think is something about both of these movies that yeah definitely and 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 the primary relationship in this movie is between the two male characters who are also the future folk. Like they're, they are, they, they are mm-hmm. actually two singers who are in a band together called future folk, which has released two right. albums and a couple singles. Um, mm-hmm. And it's about how they came to be. And yeah. it starts with, general trius and like the in this dive bar and there's like 10 people there and by the end they're like selling out like the whole place is Mm -hmm. full with standing room only um (laughs) and everybody's wearing buckets on their heads i think you're right there there is an aspect that this movie is more than just making me feel good because there are a lot of making movies that make me feel good that i don't watch and rewatch um (laughs) I've probably this is probably probably in my top ten movies as far as the number of times I've seen them. Um, I have no idea how many times I've seen this. Probably only half a dozen or so, um, which is probably a lot given, you know, how, especially now given how many movies exist and mm. how easy it is to just watch a new thing instead of rewatching a thing. Um, All right. I feel like many ways the best way to describe this movie or really for somebody to get it. If you're not going to watch the movie, like just look up history of look up future folk, the band on Spotify and their, their, their first, their top song, I think, um, yeah, is called space worms, which mm-hmm. they straight up sing in this movie. Yeah. And I grew up in a, what it, I grew up on my planet farming space Farm worms. Space worms. <laughs> Like, and like there's there's interesting like ideas of like science and how they're gonna blow up this comet to save everybody. Um, I just I this is I can't talk about this without smiling. I for me this movie is kind of like bluegrass. I don't yeah. listen to bluegrass music all the time, but every single time I listen to it without fail. I smile and tap my feet mm. and I want to want to listen to more of it. Um, yeah. And, and part of it's because of how simple, like the idea of it is part of it's because of how like, captivating the, the singing songwriting, like instrumental you know, aspects are. And some of it mm. is, I just, I love a good sci-fi movie. Uh, yeah. And and this is, I think a good enough sci-fi movie. It's not trying to be great. It it I think both movies know what they are, and they lean into. They that. know what their budget is, <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing because they make it work. You know, like 
but I think that's what impresses me the most um, with both of them. And like the bad, the big bad guy who comes to the planet, to earth to, to kill general Trius or not kill him, but he's the virus. It is just a guy in a suit. Like, and you can very clearly tell that it's a guy in a suit. Like there's not much post-production in this movie, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't really matter. Like, it, it works. The the plot works. Mm-hmm. The the guys do a good enough job acting that it works. And I think the music is really what sells it. Which oh yeah, for me, the the mo- um, the music's so good that it, it the movie could be terrible and it would hold it up. But the movie's not terrible. Hmm. Yeah, like it's a quality music in a B movie, right? Which is, you know, helps. So honestly, I'm thinking about the similarities between this and, and Thor. And like, <laughs> Thor was, of course, banished, but he still, you know, was sent to Earth. And like, it, I don't know, there's some similarities. And yeah, I would watch this movie over Thor most days of the week. I would. Maybe not Thor Ragnarok, uh, but then the first two Thors, definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. There was one. There were two before Ragnarok, weren't they? Thor: Dark World. That's one of the, it's in the dark era of, of, of. It's one of those ones that the Endgame actually made Thor: Dark World a better movie. Uh, I feel like we're coming to a, a pretty good good ending on this this episode. I would highly encourage people to to watch History of Future Folk. It is, it's like 85 minutes. It's not a long movie. It is a fun yeah. movie. It's, it's, it's also, I don't know, it's, it's probably related, rated PG 13, but it's not. Yeah, there's a little bit of language. Um, okay. The B word is in there. And, okay. Yeah. Good. I forgot that. It, yeah, it's like, like, it's not a, in a, an inappropriate movie, yeah. Obviously, yeah. You know, yeah. Do what you need to, you know, whatever. But it, it, let me just say this: this movie on on Rotten Tomatoes has a ninety three percent fresh. All right. Um, which is, I think that's pretty impressive. It, it, it's it's one of those it's it's one of those movies again that that'll just make you feel good. It'll get you get your feet moving, um, and I don't know if it'll make you ask deep questions. It makes uh, me ask deep questions, but I don't know. I don't know. I because I think it it gets at the magic of music. Mm. Music literally saves planet Earth. That is true. A lot of the movie. By itself, and like they they bring up the question right. of like, hey, like these people aren't great. Like, was like, yeah. there's a, a a fight in a in a jail at one point, and like, yeah, the mighty Kevin is trying to decide. Like, it almost kills the entire planet because yeah, he somebody was about to like beat him up, and mm-hmm. for like no real reason outside of him being awkward and not knowing the cultural ways to interact with people. Um, right, being an alien, yeah, and they're they're human aliens. Like they they, they this would work well. <laughs> so 
Um, yeah. Honestly, it would probably make a cool Star Trek episode if there was like a Star Trek musical episode. Uh, I'm, I don't know. Uh, I know the original Star Trek quite well. There is kind of like a, a very, I mean, the whole thing is theatrical, but there is a very theatrical one where they actually sort of put on a play. Um, hmm. I believe it's, it's, it might not be Mud's Women, but it's it's one of the Mud ones. They put on a play to kind of blow the fuses of the androids that are keeping them captive. One of my favorite episodes of okay. the original Star Trek. But there's probably a Star Trek musical out there. Oh, I'm sure there's probably many a fan fiction musical too. Uh, yeah. Hunter, you watched this movie for the second time. Did you enjoy mm-hmm. it as much this time as you did the last time? Does it? What, I what did, are your thoughts? Yeah. I I did enjoy it. Um, I'm glad I rewatched it because I was I was wondering if I was going to rewatch both of these movies because I'd seen them. I, I don't know. Um, I was wondering if I could remember enough, but I'm glad I rewatched it. Especially like if you're not sure about it, just watch the opening scene because I think mm. the opening scene. <laughs> of just this guy dancing in a home depot uh is 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 amazing it's just it's worth it it's it's not going to waste your time mm-hmm. like a lot of movies these days waste your time but this one this one doesn't really in my opinion yeah and if if you don't like music you probably won't like this movie um but if you don't like music I was going to say you, you have to be an alien not to like music, but it doesn't really. <laughs> I guess there's probably aliens out there that don't like music. <laughs> that doesn't really fit into the vibe of this movie, though. It's kind of kind yeah. there. Yeah. Drink beer. Yeah. Hunter, I feel like every, every, uh, time we've had these conversations so far, we hit a hit a point where I kind of want the conversation to go on further and, and dive deeper. But I think we kind of hit a, a good a good ending. Um, and I, one of the things I just want to say to you is I appreciate how you help me see the deeper side of things. Mm. Um, oftentimes, I and I, I think my some of it's been COVID driven. Um, have kind of stop at more of a surface level or, or an intermediate level um, of, mm-hmm. of diving into these, these stories that in storytellers that shape us. Um, and I, you do a really good job of, of kind of drawing out more of like, no, this movie isn't just about the, the enjoyable aspect of sci-fi and, and, and folk music. It's about the impact of music on somebody's life mm-hmm. and on our world or this movie isn't just about a guy who's got a, a guitar case full of guns that he uses to kill people. Uh, it's about the, the loss and transition of, of what you love for what the world forces you to become. Hmm. 
And that is a, a much, I think more, a much fuller way of, of understanding these movies and why they could impact us the way they do. So thank you for, for doing that. Thank you for helping pull out some of the, the deeper, the deeper aspects of these, of these, uh, these B B movies. You're welcome. Uh, thanks for helping me to enjoy movies and, and art. Uh, I think I, I naturally have a, have a, pretty critical lens um unless it has like a strong personal recommendation from a friend i'm usually when i watch a movie my natural disposition is pretty critical um mm. but you have a different approach you you help me kind of relax a little bit <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know, yeah, I think I think you take the side of of the movie. You're kind of root for the the director or the author, mm-hmm. whoever it is, and um, and I appreciate that. It, I, I would be lost in my own kind of deep critical world. Uh, I appreciate that we're able to help each other kind of move along and see things in a different light. Uh, especially when we both like enjoy the things and I'd raise a glass to both of these movies. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. I I appreciate you sharing El Mariachi. Um, I, I wouldn't have seen it otherwise. Uh, and it's Mm. very, very rare that I watch a movie that's fully dubbed. Uh, (laughs) but yeah. Oh, did you watch it with subtitles or, uh, no, I thought version I bought, I, I rented, like it was a hundred percent dubbed. So, Oh wow. Outside of like the song, like mm. the songs, like it was, and so I'm sure that changed the feel of the movie. Oh yeah, well, uh, hashtag subs not dubs. Yeah, I hey, I I didn't. I just bought one of it. I bought what I could for three ninety nine from Google, and that's what what it gave me. Yeah, no, no worries. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I, I gotta be honest, I'm, I'm a little bit interested to see if, if this is an episode that people are interested in, um, because it's the first episode we've talked about that doesn't have the acclaim of any known yeah. product or characters. I don't know. I mean, uh, we're not really, uh, I, I don't know how to gauge interest. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like we don't, we don't really have enough of a following to really track that kind of thing but it's also the first movies that we've done we we haven't we just stuck to books and that's true and and it's the start of we're about the stories and storytellers that shape us and i've I've shared that a few times already this episode and so you're going to start seeing in the the coming weeks and different types of stories and storytelling um Mm -hmm. i'm talking about everything from albums and and uh, to adaptations of things, um, to maybe a couple more authors, but like we're going to be maybe even talking about games. Um, mm. 
And some things will connect well with people. Some things won't. Um, we we right. are both the type of people that enjoy a lot of different types of art. Um, mm. And I don't, I don't know what, what <laughs> conversations we have will be the most interesting. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited. It's also that. one of the first episodes. It's not an hour and a half long. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm sure that all, we're uh, trying to keep a reasonable length, uh, mm-hmm. figuring it out. It's true. Well, till next time, uh, I hope uh, you have many a thing to raise a glass to over the next week, Hunter, and Thank very you. few to pour one out to, and uh, especially with that dishwasher situation. Thank you. It's, I think it's fixed. I can, I can raise a glass to that. Hey, nice. I was, I hope the saga doesn't continue. Well, enjoy and uh, make sure to check out the future folk. And El Mariachi. <laughs>